Welcome to the Soul Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the So Lux Life podcast. I'm super excited today. I have Hannah Ortel here from all the way from Scotland. You guys, she's so amazing. She is a business coach. She helps entrepreneurs get to where they want to be in life. She specializes in helping online entrepreneurs get the lifestyle they want by building a business that supports it. She teaches entrepreneurs to hustle less, earn more, and live better. Hannah is a strategic intervention coach, solution-focused therapist, NLP practitioner, and business coach. Let's welcome Hannah to the Solo Side Podcast. How are you today, Hannah? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what, how was life for you growing up? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I actually started my first business, I think when I was about 10 years old, which was uh, making jewelry and selling it door to door to all the neighbors around the street. Um, And yeah, then I, you know, I started working actually as a therapist. That was my main career. Um, But I found that after working as a therapist for a number of years, that a lot of the time when clients were coming to me, it was either stuff that felt um, just kind of a bit frivolous to deal with. You know, they were just like, oh, I want more confidence to with my public speaking, or it was things that were so kind of traumatic that then I would, you know, stay up, you know, at night researching more, worrying about them. And so after a while, I just wanted to kind of take a break from it completely. I just felt like I wasn't in the right place to be doing it. Um, and then I sort of transitioned into business coaching. And I think that the funny thing with business coaching is people often think it's just about strategy, but it's so much about the mindset. So I kind of think of myself as like a business therapist now, um, you know, because I think that a lot of the time, you know, our success, the strategy for that is actually very, very simple. And when we sort out our mindset and getting out of our own way, then all of that just falls into place. Um, so, yeah. I love it. I love it. So tell me about your business at 10 years old. What made you want to get into making jewelry? <laughs> How did you get your customers? Was it just family or did it branch out to people in the community? Yeah, so um, my mom would take me, we would go into London, that's where we were living at the time, we would go into London to this big um, jewellery kind of emporium where they had, um, you know, different beads and things, and so I would just pick out things that I liked, um, and then I would, you know, buy it, you know, take it all home, and then just start making these little earrings and necklaces, Um, and I would just literally put them on these sort of leather strings, and then go door to door with it. Um, so it was just all the streets nearby. So it was absolutely strangers. At that time, I thought that people were buying them because they were so beautiful. <laughs> but obviously, it was because there was a 10-year-old girl on their doorstep. Thank you. But what is so funny, though, is that actually just now in this lockdown, I've got two daughters and my older daughter is seven. Um, and, you know, she sees me working a lot online. And she said, oh, mommy, you know, I want to have my own business. 
And I was like, okay, you know, we could do something. Maybe we can make some little, you know, jam or something that you can sell to a friend. Um, anyway, so she decided that she wanted to make some body scrub um, because they're always stealing mine. <laughs> um, so we, we ordered some oil and some, you know, little jars um, and, you know, got a recipe, you know, got essential oil, oils. And, um, and then I put a few posts out into just local Facebook groups and it has just gone crazy. I mean, she has just in the last month, she sold about 75 jars. Wow. Um, and my husband's just like, why did we have to start her on this entrepreneur journey so early? Keep it up. Like we have to get supplies, materials. So she, it's, it's been so good for her because actually like she hates doing maths at school. And, you know, but now she's having to work out, oh, if she sells two jars, how much is this? And then she's got to pay for, you know, the bags and this stuff. So actually it's been amazing for her. And to have this money now you know she's she's always wanted to have a little kindle and we were like well you know you have to wait for your birthday but then you know she's been able to order it herself with her own money like own kindle like mom and dad y'all can count your days <laughs> yeah yeah totally exactly so and it's just really funny because it just so reminds me of how i was you know when i was younger just having that um yeah, being able to do it and, and realizing that you, when you can make your own money, you know, and, you know, instead of having a shop or something, but that quickly, you can kind of go to market and actually just start being profitable. It's just, it feels just as good as a child or better, I think, than as an adult. I think that is amazing. I'm, wow, I'm going to have to watch her journey to see where yeah. she ends up. I'll show you. She's done a little video, actually. I'll show you afterwards. Yes, definitely share with us. I'll add it to the blog post. So you guys, definitely check out the blog because I'm going to link it there and I want to show you all some information on Hannah mm -hmm. and we're going to get you some customers here in the United <laughs> States <are> international <laughs> definitely. so you mentioned like um you've been taking up little trades and different things during the lockdown how has the lockdown been over there how's the pandemic been been treating you yeah, so I mean, in the UK, I don't know if you've seen the stats, we're not doing too good over here. Um, so I think, yeah, the lockdown was just very late here. Um, and so, yeah, we actually started, you know, lockdown personally, you know, about a week before, because I just felt like it wasn't really safe out there. Um, but now in Scotland, it's been a bit stricter than the rest of the rest of the UK, but they're starting to kind of open up again now. Um, but it's still very much, you know, all the social distancing and stuff. I mean, I haven't been into a shop for like three months or something like that. Everything's just been delivered. Yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely changed. Um, yeah. Our way of life before I was working in a co-working space. Now I'm working at home. I've got having kids around and stuff, you know, it's just been, yeah, it's been interesting. Trust me, I know. I have a six and a two-year-old. Well, a two-year-old. She's about to be uh, seven in a few weeks. But mm -hmm. schools have been closed since the beginning of March, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, March, April, May, June, July. I'm like, when do they go back to school? But I'm at yeah. the point I don't even feel comfortable sending my kid back. And I no, same. Their school sent out a survey asking, um, "Do you feel comfortable?" And I'm like, uh, "No." Like, yeah, I'm yeah. I did the know. same. I did the same survey literally. Yeah, just said no. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. This is like a new way of life. So, how how has this affected your business? Has it affected business any for you? 
Yeah, I mean, so at the beginning, um, when it first happened, um, it was funny because um, I had actually only started back properly in January. Um, I'll, I'll explain about that in a minute. But um, when I had started back, I sort of said, okay, I'm going to do this 90 days of consistency, which is what I always teach my clients, you know, pick a marketing strategy and then just start doing it every single day. Um, and then, you know, don't judge the results too early, just keep on doing it and you will see the results, you know, if you stick with it for 90 days. So I decided to do that. And I mean, it was crazy, literally, you know, I, you know, I started about two weeks later, I had my first client and then it was five weeks in a row. I got a new client every week for five weeks. Um, and it, so I felt really good. I was like, oh, you know, this is, I know what to do. I just have to plug back into that and it always works. Um, and then the coronavirus hit. Um, and so I, yeah, I, um, right away I had a lot of clients who were on the books just about to sign contracts. Um, and a lot of people just said, oh, can I just delay for a few weeks? Let me just see. I don't know what's going to happen with my work. Oh, my husband's just been made redundant. You know, all of this kind of stuff. So there was definitely a sort of anxiety and panic around people. And I saw a lot of people stalling. Um, but actually, I feel like it only lasted for about a month. And then clients all started coming back again. Because I think that my clients predominantly work online. And so if they're not having like physical shops or restaurants or something, then actually it wasn't going to affect them that much either. Um, but I think there still is that, um, you know, a little bit of a feeling because people don't know how long this is going to go on for um, and what it's going to mean yeah, for them financially that there has been more anxiety. But also for me, I've not been wanting to work as much as I would have been normally just from having, you know, the kids at home all the time and everything. Yes, so, yeah. you definitely have to adjust. Yeah. How old are your kids? They are seven and five, so similar. <laughs> yeah. I always forget. I'm always like, oh, they're three and one. And then I'm like, no, no, wait a minute, a few years have passed. Six years ago. <laughs> and I'll just falls together after a while. It's like... Or am I going or am I coming? Okay. But with the whole um, COVID everything, because so you mentioned your clients were kind of having setbacks. So how do you overcome these setbacks in your business that are very unexpected um, when they just kind of hit you in left field? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, um, so last year I had uh, my business was set up really well. I had, you know, a great childminder and I, you know, my daughters were at nursery. And so I was able to work at my sort of full capacity, which is about 25, 30 hours a week. Um, and then we went on holiday in the summer and the day after we came back, my husband also has his own business. Um, he works as a personal trainer, has his own gym. And he went to work in the morning and then he said, you know, I'll be back for lunch. And then he didn't come back. And sometimes, you know, that would happen where, you know, he would just, I don't know, stay on later with a client or something. My daughters had a birthday party that they were going to, I was getting them ready. And then I had the phone call um, and it was the police and they'd said, uh, your husband's been in an accident. Um, and they said, you know, he's been run over, but he's okay. But, you know, just come to the hospital right away. Don't bring your children. And so I was like, what's happened? They said, we can't give you any more information. Um, and so it was like an absolutely crazy time. I got to the hospital and when I actually, and they finally let me in to see him, I was actually so annoyed. because I was like, you don't know what I've been through. I was so worried. Um, but then it turned out he actually did have many sort of significant injuries. So he had um, multiple brain injuries. He'd broken his leg. He had, you know, his shoulder was down. I mean, just lots of things. Um, 
And so obviously he wasn't able to work when he came home. Um, he was just, yeah, not well for a very long time. And so I had from having a sort of really thriving business, having just had a week on holiday, I was ready to go back, you know, full into it. Um, and then I had no option but just to pull back completely. So I had the clients that I did have on the books, but it was funny, I had like sales calls that had been booked in and people, you know, I thought I'll just do them because I, you know, I don't want to cancel them. But I would, I, I was literally, I didn't read their notes, nothing before. And then when they were turning up, I was just like, when is this going to end? You know, just like, yeah, 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 whatever, let's just go. And then they were like, yeah, I want to hire you. And I'm like, are you joking? <laughs> the times that I'm literally just like, I want to get out of this. And then they seem to want to buy always then, which was funny. Um, but yeah, so I had to really just dial down everything. Um, and I think for a lot of people in that situation, it would be easy to get very anxious, you know, about the money and think, oh, if I can't work, but you know, when situations like this happen, we, it can be so easy to wish it away, you know, and just think, you know, how can I get away from this? I want to have a different situation, but this is what it was. And this is how I was sort of presented with it. Um, and so it meant working a lot less. Um, and being really okay with that. I have a Facebook group um, and you know, I told my group what happened. I basically just said, look, I'm not gonna be in here for a while um, and I'll come back kind of when I can. Um, and so I actually felt okay at kind of letting go of all of that. Um, and then as my husband got better um, throughout the year, I decided you know, after Christmas, January, February, that's when I was gonna go back um, to work properly. Um, and so then when I came back, you know, I knew that the systems that were in place from, you know, before when I'd been working, I knew exactly what I needed to do to get the engagement back in my group, to be able to get new clients on board, to be able to create content. Um, and so it actually felt, you know, very simple to be able to do that kind of stuff, not listening to what everyone's saying, or oh, you should have this strategy, you should have this strategy and, and lots of different things. And actually just to decide this is how I need to show up and I'm just going to do that and not do anything else. And yeah, and it worked out. And then obviously, yeah, coronavirus. <laughs> of course, coronavirus, like 2020 yeah. has been one for the books. Absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, last year I was like, you know, 2020, I'm going to be living my best life. 2020, we're like, uh, you thought you were. So you're going to put that on pause for a moment. It's funny, though, because even though, I mean, this coronavirus has been like a, a terrible thing for so many people, I also feel like it's the year of awakening as well. Um, and I think there's just been so much, you know, with even with the virus, I think people having that time to reflect on stuff, then with the whole like Black Lives Matter, I feel like a lot of things that maybe if it, you know, if this coronavirus hadn't happened, that actually we'd still just be on this hamster wheel, still just kind of carrying on our life and never actually thinking, actually, you know, what, what do we want here? Do things need to change in how we're living personally, but, you know, globally as well as a, as a race as well, you know? So um, I, I feel like, although it's like, yeah, the crazy year, I also think that it's, yeah, for me, I feel like a, like hope. It's the year of hope as well. <laughs> yes, hopefully the beginning of change. And I'm glad you brought that up, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement, because I've come to realize it's worldwide. Mm -hmm. People are Absolutely. Everywhere and not just us. Um, but I'm so glad that people are taking a stand 
and actually mm-hmm. saying something and speaking out and using their platform. Um, I was looking at your Facebook page and mm-hmm. saw a video that you made, use your platform to speak mm-hmm. out about it. Um, and I do admire that about you. So thank, thank you for that. <laughs> From the black community, if no one else tells you. But um, I do think that's important. A lot of people have fear of speaking up yeah. and thinking that it's going to affect their business in mm-hmm. some way. So how would you suggest someone handle fear in business um, in that aspect um, with the mm-hmm. whole movement and thinking, should I speak up or should I not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I, you know, it's a funny thing that I think that a lot of white people do feel very nervous about talking about it because they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want to offend anyone, but they feel like if they don't say anything, then it's a problem. Um, and I think it's really about knowing that probably you're going to get it wrong, actually, um, and being okay with that, you know, and that just saying that I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep educating myself um, and trying to not make it about me, you know, and about, and about us. And, and I think that a lot of the time with this, like Black Lives Matter, people are like, well, this is a, like, this is black people's problem. This isn't a white person's problem. That is a white person's problem, actually, you know, because I feel that we, um, having been the ones in that position, I mean, not having been, we are in that position of privilege. And so we have that duty to really change, yeah, to, to help create this change now. Um, and so I think that, when we have a platform in any way, even if you have an audience of a hundred people, you know, I feel that we all have that responsibility just to kind of own up to any way that we have helped to hold up this unequal system. Um, and what we're going to personally do to try to help dismantle this and, and, you know, um, level the playing field. Um, yeah. And I think that, yeah, and it's, it's knowing that you're not going to get it right. And no matter how much you try and get it right, yes, you know, you might get it right some of the time, but you're going to get it wrong some of the time. And, and it's okay. And that, but that doesn't mean we stop doing the work. It doesn't mean that we say, I'm not going to post anything again in case someone gets offended, you know, because, and I think for me as well, you know, I, I knew that like when I posted that video, some people you know, would not like it or some people might be offended by it or, you know, and it makes them question their own, um, they don't want to look at their own privilege and things like that. So, um, but I thought actually if clients, you know, or people like that stop following me or they don't want to work with me, well, actually they're not people that I'd want to work with anyway. So I'm actually, I'm glad if they leave. <laughs> if, they, if they, that's what it took for you to leave, then like, I'm okay with you going. Yeah. I definitely get, get you there. Um, I like the point you made. You kind of have to look in the mirror and a lot of people aren't ready to have that conversation or even acknowledge that this is a thing, that this mm-hmm. is going Um, Because it's, and some people honestly do not know. And some people do not know. And Mm -hmm. we definitely would love to educate you on it, but you have to be open. Yeah. But you know, but even with that, I feel like it's not on black people. 
to have to educate white people because even that in itself is a privilege I feel like so we go oh well I don't know what should we do please tell us what should we say what and it's like go and do the work yourself you know and I think that's that they want we want to be sort of spoon-fed that information what are the steps exactly that I should take to show that I'm anti-racist but actually it's not on black people to do that you know we need to go and you know really look at the history itself which is already you know very skewed you know so that really kind of looking into that and yeah taking that responsibility for that privilege and i think that as you're as you say a lot of people with the the white privilege that you know they can say well i'm not privileged at all you know you don't know how i've grown up you don't know how hard i've had it yes like it's not to say that you won't have been you've got privilege in every area of your life but it's just that you have been helped by the color of your skin you know and and that's why, obviously, as a white person, I can't ever say, oh, I know what it's like, because I don't. I was, you know, <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> um, but I want to do everything to try to understand that and to make sure that I am not making this situation worse, you know. And, and I do feel that this movement now, it, there, there is this uprising now. I feel like, and the education, people are becoming way more aware um, and I really hope that this is going to bring about massive change. I pray that it does. I really do. I feel like we're headed in the right direction. So definitely have to be hopeful. Mm -hmm. Do what we can. Teach our children the right things. It starts with them. Totally. I'm a mom. Um, and I'm all about instilling the right things in kids. Because kids don't. You don't come out the womb racist. You don't come out the womb hating a person because of their color. That's that's learned behavior. Um, and I mentioned on a previous podcast with someone, my daughter did not know she was black until mm -hmm. she was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad that we have to go through that. But it's a thing. Um, but we just need to, you know, love one another always. Work yeah. on our businesses. Um, yeah perfect our hobbies um and if someone does have a hobby out there how 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 do they turn their hobby into a, a paid business mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so i think also with that it's like money is really important you know because i think that sometimes we feel like if we're earning money then like especially as women oh it's not feminine and you know so you know we, we don't want to talk about money but um I see so many people who have these hobbies um, and then they say, oh, I just have this little business on the side. It's just a little hobby, you know, but then they're literally making $200 a month or something. And it's like, okay, you know, how is the time to really turn that into a business? Um, and the way that I teach my clients is really, first of all, making a decision, you know, do you want to have a hobby or do you want to have a business? Because hobbies generally cost you money, businesses pay you money. So if you want, if you want to have a, if you want to have a business, then decide, commit that you're going to do whatever it takes for that business to then be successful. Um, so working out what your goals are with it, you know, how, how big do you want to grow it? How, you know, what um, income do you want to make? How many hours a week do you want to be working? Um, and then, you know, once you've decided that, then it is about, you know, thinking about who you really want to work with if you're serving people or if you have a product, you know, you know how you're going to create that product. Um, and then, you know, um, committing completely to doing what it takes. So I would say normally it's picking one marketing strategy 
um, and then becoming the expert of that strategy. And so the, another question that I think is good to ask yourself is if you employed yourself, would you be willing to pay yourself a six figure salary? Because most of the time, you know, when we look back on us, uh, you know, the last year, we think, no, I probably actually would have fired you in month two. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, but, you know, thinking that even if we have no employees, no team, we want to think of how we're modeling our own behavior for when we will have a team, you know, and so how do we show up? Do we, you know, log on online and start reading every single, you know, social media post that we see, or do we decide, right, this is what a business owner does. And this is what someone who has a hobby does as a business owner. You know, I'm going to reach out to all my prospects. I'm going to pitch them. I'm going to have, you know, a clear website. I'm going to have you know, um, I'm going to be professional and I'm going to do these things every single day. Um, and I'm going to have, you know, office hours, I'm going to have boundaries. And so it's always thinking, how does a CEO show up? Um, and another question that I love to ask if, is if I was the best in the world at what I do, how would I show up? And so, you know, we have all the kind of inner resources. We already know how we have to show up to be able to have you know that that amazing business but a lot of the time it's that mindset that just goes back to being like oh well i'm just doing this little thing and it, it's nothing really but actually if you were a ceo you know of a big you know corporation how would you be behaving you know you'd be taking it seriously and you'd be announcing to everyone i've got a business i'm open for business this is what i do i find that a lot of the women that i work with um, you know, and I say to them, do all your friends and family know what you do? And they're like, um, well, yeah, not all of them. And I'm like, <laughs> because right in your warm market, right there, you could have all the work that you want if people even knew, you know? So it's like, if you open a restaurant, you'd be telling all your friends and family, come down, you know, please tell everyone about what I'm doing. But sometimes, you know, I think that with women, you know, we open these businesses, but actually we just want to keep it quiet because we think, well, what if I'm not good enough? What if actually, you know, my clients are not going to be willing to pay, you know, we get into that whole imposter syndrome and then we can end up staying at that level of being in sort of as a hobby, you know, for years um, until, and maybe, and then that's the end of it, you know? So um, I think it's, yeah. So thinking about how you'd show up with that, you know, as a business owner, getting the right support, learning the right things. Um, and if you feel like you're not really good enough at what you do, um, don't let that be an excuse, you know, decide, okay, how are you going to up level, you know, start watching YouTube videos from, you know, people who inspire you in your field, you know, get the books, start reading, learn more. Um, but don't use that as an excuse to, procrastinate and say I'm not ready you know to go out um but I think yeah just making that decision and then showing up like you mean it show up and mean it walk in like you're the CEO I love that mm -hmm. um and I hope you guys are taking notes because I'm over here taking notes <laughs> and everything she's saying um definitely sometimes you need that extra push and I like how mm -hmm. you kind of said that you are a business therapist because mm -hmm. it does start with your mindset. Um, wow, that does bring bring about that self-awareness. Because I know I don't show up like the CEO every mm -hmm. day. So I'm, I'm like, okay, Kristen, start showing up like the CEO yeah. and not the hourly employee that yeah. doesn't want to really be here. I love that. So um, 
how do you how do you grow and be successful and, and gain those clients um like authentically what are what are some tips on that yeah so i think that um a lot of the time you know when we're trying to get clients you know especially online we're just so bombarded with the different strategies and techniques that it can feel really overwhelming to know how we should do that um, so I always say that, you know, the best way, you know, to get clients is having powerful conversations, you know, having powerful conversations with your ideal clients and then making offers to them. Um, so we want to be showing up, um, and getting visible and then making offers. Um, but the way that you do that really comes down to, how you who you are as a person and how you want to show up so you know i could say to you okay the best way is for you to do um guest blogging and just write loads of posts and and you know and then get it out there but actually if you hate writing that's not going to work for you you know and you're going to you know you're going to resent it and then you're going to resist it and then you're not going to show up so you have to think how do you most like to show up so do you like building collaborations with people? Do you like, you know, showing up in Facebook groups? Do you like reaching out to people directly? Um, and then whichever strategy you choose as your main strategy, and I would pick one main strategy, then it is about becoming the master and the expert of that strategy. Um, and just becoming better and better and better at it and then committing to doing it for 90 days before you judge the results because what happens a lot of the time is people will try a strategy for a few weeks and they're like oh yeah i tried facebook ads they don't work and you're like okay you know post one sponsor post you spend two dollars and it didn't work and now you've given up on it totally and so a lot of these things it's that we you know it's these tiny tweaks that we need to just keep improving 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 and it can take a long time until we really become masterful at that um and until we receive see the results from that so i think that yeah, it's picking that one strategy and then making sure that you are having those powerful conversations with people. Most of the time, you know, if I start working with someone and they're not getting clients and I say, okay, in the last week, how many of your ideal clients did you actually speak to? And they're like, well, I didn't speak to any last week. Um, you know, and you're like, right, okay, there we go. So if you're not speaking to people and they don't know about you, they don't know you're there, um, then how can you expect them, you know, to buy? So a lot of the time, especially if you're selling anything like one-to-one -one services, it's actually very quick to get sold out and it's very simple. It's not necessarily easy because we get in our own way. We have the fear, am I ready? What will they think of me? What if they say no? But when we let go of that attachment, to the yes or no outcome and just say we're going to give our absolute best we're going to explain exactly how we work and then we're going to make an offer whether they say yes or no really doesn't matter you know because we're just going to keep on showing up like that um, and then when you realize it's okay even if people say no to you then you can just keep on making those offers keep reaching out to people um you know and and, and i always say to people it's great to have like i don't know if you have these little tic tacs do you have those little sweets, you know, those little mints? Do you have that? And then every time someone says no to you, have a Tic Tac as a reward. <laughs> because if you're, keep it, if, you, if you're getting loads of no's, it means you're getting some yeses, you know, as well. <laughs> so go for no, get the little Tic Tacs. And uh, yeah, that will remind you to keep going.
I love it. That's amazing. You have to definitely expect those no's. It's not going to be an easy journey, but those no's are going to make you appreciate it so much more when you get those big yeses. Definitely, you can't um, be afraid of the competition because I know a lot of people go into different um, hobbies and side hustles, as they may call them, and think like, oh, well, there's so many photographers out there. Why would people book me? Um, There's so many makeup artists out there. Why would someone book me? Um, So how do you you help help us deal with competition? Because I'm going to include myself in there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there are a thousand people trying to do what I do. I just got my real estate license, so I'm starting a new career in real estate, and there are mm-hmm. so many realtors out there. Mm-hmm. So how how do you deal with, with the competition? Yeah, sure. So I think, I mean, one of the first things is really deciding to show up as yourself, you know, um, so that when we look at what everyone else is doing and then just think, oh, well, I have to be exactly the same as them, you know, that's when you can feel like there's competition. But the more that you really work in a way where you're being really true to yourself, um, then immediately there, there is no competition anymore because there's only you, no one else can be you. Um, and that means that some people are going to really like working with you and some people aren't and that's okay, you know, because you're being yourself, but your people, you know, then they'll find you and they want to work with you. Um, and that's when, you know, your whole sort of word of mouth marketing, all of that, you know, really takes off. Um, so with the competition, um, I think that you, a lot of the time when we kind of look at competition, we are judging it from a very surface um, place, you know, where we see someone's social media, we see their followings, we see their ads, we see what they're doing, and then we decide, oh, they're super successful, I'm not, how can I be like them? But so often we don't see what's going on behind closed doors. Um, And so someone might externally seem to have all that success, but actually they could be in huge debt, but we wouldn't know because of what they're putting out. Um, And so I think that you also don't know what their goals are. So you might see someone who's really successful, but they might be working 80 hours a week. So for me, time freedom is real richness. Um, So if someone's saying to me, look, you can make, you know, a million pounds this year, but you need to, you know, work 24 seven, never see your kids you know, then I'm like, it's no way worth it for me. But for other people, maybe that, you know, that is balance for them working 24 seven and that's what suits them. So I think, again, you don't know what their goals are. You don't know what's going on, you know, really behind closed doors. And that's why the only competition really that we should have is ourselves. So we need to decide what it is that we truly want. You know, what is that lifestyle that's really important to us? And then from there, then you can work out, okay, how much money do I need to earn? And it's not about what you should be earning in the industry, what other people are telling you. It's, it's you get to choose, you know, what that income is and you get to choose how many hours you want to work as well. Um, and then it's about, you know, creating a business where, you know, your only competition is yourself. And yes, you always want to be improving and learning and becoming a master of your skills. Um, but I think that as soon as we go down the road of comparing ourselves to other people, it's, it's just a vicious cycle, you know, and, and you're, you're, you're never going to end up in a good place from that. So I think it's just catching yourself doing that and being like, actually, that's not reality. What I'm seeing is the surface. I don't know what their goals are. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. 
and then coming back to what are your real goals? What's your real, the lifestyle that you want? And then just really going after that. Well, so you kind of teach us to have that me versus me mindset. Totally. Focus on what everyone else is out here doing. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, social media, everybody, everybody posts the accomplishments. Of course. So one posts when they're doing bad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not real. It's not real. Yeah. It's not at all. It's kind of like reality TV. Exactly. So you definitely have to do what, what works for you in mm-hmm. the real world. <laughs> Don't be afraid to connect um, with people. Because I like how you said you have to get out there and tell people what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking with um, my broker and they were saying that they had a real estate agent whose uncle sold like a million dollar property and moved into another one. So she was saw this from Facebook. He posted like, hey, I saw my mm-hmm. house, I moved. And she was like, you know, uncle, I'm a real estate agent. Like, what's up? Why didn't you get me to do it? He was like, you know, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I didn't know. I forgot that you did um, real estate. So you really okay. have to constantly put out there what you do. So you're the first person that comes to mind when someone says real estate. Exactly. Exactly. Me. Yeah. And it's funny because I think sometimes we're most afraid of telling our friends and stuff about what we do because, you know, we feel the most vulnerable. Sometimes with strangers, it feels easier. But then I always think, you know, we want to support our friends more. If you're going to buy something from Amazon, you know, or you can, or you can buy the same product from a friend, of course you want to buy it from your friend. You know, but of course, if they don't tell you and they don't remind you and you've forgotten, you're probably just going to go to Amazon. And then exactly like that, you're going to have that situation and then everyone just feels bad, you know. So you have to keep reminding people and be explicit about that. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, they can't remember. <laughs> do you feel like you can put yourself out there too much to where you annoy people with telling them about what you do um so yeah I do actually (laughs) um but I think that you know again that that place is that you know we need to go with trust our instinct what's too much and what's you know little so sometimes that comes from a place of fear when we're like we don't want to show up we don't want to put stuff out there we don't want to annoy people but actually it's about fear rarely is that point where we're actually just spamming everyone and then we're like oh yeah you know maybe i shouldn't be doing this so but i think that overall mostly especially women you know we're not doing it enough um, and so if, if you're worried about getting, you know, people being annoyed with you talking about your business, um, they probably don't care. <laughs> um, and, and I think that even if a couple of people are like, oh, she's talking about her business again, you know, what's more important, you getting out there, you know, having a successful business, helping people, having the impact that you want to make, or a couple of people, you know, rolling their eyes at you. Um, so, and that really sort of speaks more to them. But at the same time, I think, you know, we want to show up with integrity and, you know, we don't want to be spamming people and just sending, you know, generic posts, you know, on repeat to people, you know, all the time. But I think that if you show up, you know, as yourself and from a place of, you know, genuinely talking about what you do and wanting to help people, um, then I don't think, yeah, you're going to get into that situation. And mostly that will be the kind of fear um that that comes out um yeah so definitely be authentic when Mm -hmm. you show up and be genuine Mm -hmm. um 
and I kind of like how you help your clients um, help them realize whether or not they're being authentic in their business or if they're like being spammy or just doing things like in a more robotic manner mm -hmm. and actually being themselves. I've learned that people will support you before they support your business. So they might not care what you're selling, but because of you um, and you develop that relationship and really put yourself out there, they'll definitely buy into whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. How do we, how do we stop ourselves from becoming discouraged when, when we are in like a downtime in our business? Yeah, so um, with when we sort of lose motivation and get discouraged, you know, I think that one of the main things to think about motivation is that it's not something that we do once and check it off. You know, it's something that we need to kind of be doing a little bit all the time to stay motivated. Um, and really, for different people, this is different things. So I think one of the things to stay motivated is journaling because a lot of the time when we have doubts and insecurities, um, it's just that we go into our head, we start having the same thoughts and then we start having feelings about it. I had a client just this week who um, had just sold the first place on one of her high ticket programs and the, the person had said, you know, I'm going to pay tonight or whatever. Um, and then she didn't. And then my client was saying, oh, I know she's not going to do it. I'm really worried. I, I, you know, I knew this is what's going to happen. I'm never going to sell this spot. And I was like, wow, like just stop for a second. Look at what's happening here. Okay. So this woman, as far as you know, everything's going ahead. But now because she hasn't paid exactly when you thought, now you're going, you've created a story about why she's not doing that, which is she doesn't want to work with you. You're now believing that and then feeling rubbish about it and now not wanting to do anything. I was like, you just have to stop with all of that. See that that's a story that you're creating, but it's not real. Um, and of course, her client then did pay. And, it was and, was like, <laughs> and I was like, you see, you just created that like craziness for nothing. <laughs> Um, so I think, yeah, so journaling, when things are coming up, when we say, oh, I can't be bothered doing this, this feels too hard, then, you know, write that stuff out. And then we want to come up with reasons really for what's actually going on there. So why, what, what is the actual thing? So sometimes when it feels too hard, it's that, you know, we're worried that actually we're not good enough. Okay. So if that's the real worry, then you need to come up with, what are you going to do about that statement? You know, how is it not true? Okay. So maybe you can go and do some more education, read a book that's going to help you, you know, more on that. Maybe it's that, you know, you know, it's not true because you've got testimonials from previous clients who love working with you. So all of that stuff, we basically need to learn how to coach ourselves. Um, and I think journaling is really, really helpful for that um, and to keep that motivation up. Um, sometimes, you know, with motivation, though, it's that we actually do need to take a proper break. You know, if we're trying to work all the time, um, then that can sometimes just feel exhausting. Um, and then, you know, we kind of plateau. And then, you know, so sometimes it's actually taking time away, um, going, you know, having a walk, um, listening to an audio book, taking a shower in the middle of the day. And, you know, and then just thinking, what is it that's actually going on here? And also, I think that it's that, we can feel overwhelmed and that's what can make us lose motivation. So what I love to do is like a brain dump of just everything that I need to do, what's going on in my head. Okay. So I need to write this content. I need to contact this client, whatever, and just write it all out. 
And then what I do is just actually number it in order from what, what's the first thing that I'm going to do? What's the second thing I'm going to do? And I just number it all out. And that can really help just to get that motivation back as well. Because often each thing is maybe only a five minute task. Um, but when we just feel overwhelmed, then that can, you know, make us really feel demotivated. And then we end up just doing nothing. Um, and so I think working in that way can be really helpful too. Most definitely. So in those down seasons, kind of use that time for coaching and training and self-development and business mm -hmm. development. Um, kind of invest in your business because if you don't invest in you, why should anyone else? Exactly. That's what I told myself. So definitely you guys um, invest in like coaching and training. And as you can see, Hannah does know what she's talking about. <laughs> she's gave some very great tips and, um, and I'm, I'm going to put what I learned from it in the blog post. And I would definitely love to have her come on again. But oh, in the meantime, can you tell our listeners how they can get in contact with you, how they can reach you? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a Facebook group called The Authentic Entrepreneurs. Um, so it is just for women though, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, <Our guys. laughs> um, and then I have a website, which is hannahortel.com. You can find me there. Um, and I have a, um, a quiz that you can take, which is, um, authenticmarketingstrategy.com, um, which is there a little short quiz that you can take that can help you find what is your strategy that's going to be you know, helpful for you, how you can show up in business. So yeah, some of you that might be useful for you too.